Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show.
I want you to imagine something. As we stand right now in the United States of America, you wake up this morning and you find out every single business in the country is for sale. Everyone, big businesses, small businesses, don't worry about who's selling them. Don't worry about any of that. They're all up for sale. I'm talking Amazon is up for sale. The local mom and pop shop up for sale. Yahoo, Google, the oil companies, every single privately owned business is for sale tomorrow overnight. What does that look like for you in your life? What does it look like for the future of the nation? Well, let me give you a rough idea. Since you don't really have to guess, this actually happened. And it happened when the Soviet Union fell. You see, when the Soviet Union fell, this is all under Gorbachev stuff, when they decided, all right, we're not, we're not communist anymore, which is a good thing. We would all agree, right? It's communism. Nobody really wins there. But they decided, look, we obviously, we're not communist anymore, so there's not a state-owned anything. And that is tough for us to even wrap our minds around, right? A state-owned everything. But... Everything, and I do mean everything, was state-owned. Local bar, state-owned. Grocery store, state-owned. Big businesses, small businesses, state-owned. Isn't that insane to even think about? Well, that was reality. That was reality. So how do you properly transition a country, a big country like Russia, from a place where everything is state-owned to where everything is privately owned? Well, I don't know that there is a good way. And this is what I mean by that. Do you know what would happen if you and I woke up Tomorrow morning and everything in the United States of America was for sale. Well, the rich guys would just buy up every single thing. Every single thing. And let's not consider them to be idiots. They they knew this was going to happen as well. And so what did they do in Russia? They issued Things like vouchers to people. Everybody. Like every Russian citizen. Well, here, no, here's, here's, I forget what, pick a number. Here's $20,000. All right, there's 20 grand for you, but you have to buy a business or buy into a business or buy some stock into something with something, right? We want to make this fair. I mean, they knew what was coming. They were trying to avoid what was coming. But what would happen If you gave each and every citizen right now, same situation, $20,000, 
only they have to spend it on vouchers or stocks. Well, the rich guys would just buy the vouchers from people for pennies on the dollar. Oh, I'm sorry, producer Chris. You don't know where to spend your $20,000 in vouchers? That's fine. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'll give you $5,000 cold, hard cash right now that you can spend on anything you want, and you give me your $20,000 in vouchers. Do you think a nation in the middle of starvation, of financial turmoil, do you think there was a big market out there for people just selling their vouchers off to the rich people? Oh, oh yes, there was. Yes, there was. And remember the kind of world the Soviet Union was. Hard, very, very hard for us to wrap our minds around, so let's take just a little bit of time with this. When everything is state-owned, somebody's still going to make a profit. That's how life works. And I don't think you or I could ever possibly relate to completely existing in a society that is only corrupt. There is no justice anywhere you look. Everything is corrupt. And you, morally, you have to decide what is right and what is wrong. Even within your belief system. Let's say, let's say you're a Christian. Plenty of Christians in Russia. Well, I don't know about your Bible. My Bible's pretty, pretty specific about things like stealing. Real specific. Chris, I bet you and you people are against that, right? Now, what if that's the only way you could get toilet paper? Okay, let's not even call it stealing. Let's let me paint this picture for you because this was real. This is how people lived in Russia under the under the commies. Because it was state run everything, that everybody was always out of everything. No one ever had anything, and you had to essentially buy your common goods, common everything you needed on an illegal Black market. Now, what do your morals tell you you're allowed to do in that situation? I'm not talking about going down to the street corner to get black tar heroin. I'm talking about going down to the street corner to get medicine for your child's fever. Some ketchup. Not making that up. Shoes. A winter coat. It's cold out. Oh, all the state-run stores are sold out. You have to go do illegal deals for these basic items and trade. Of course, there is, you can't ever stop the sale of things people want. That's why black markets are so prevalent all over the world. The second you make something illegal, unless you've stopped the appetite for it, it's just going to go black market. Only in the Soviet Union, I've read a million of these stories. You would have to trade things for something like getting your heater fixed in the wintertime in Russia. Now, your heater goes out here in Houston in the wintertime. You're going to need an extra blankie maybe at night. Your heater goes out in Russia in the wintertime. You're dead. 
So you need that heater fixed, right? Well, I have great news. Good news is this is not going to cost you a dime because the state owns all of it and everybody should have this for free. That's the good news. The bad news, of course, is you are like 95th on the list. We will probably see you in two or three months. Better bundle up. Well, that's not going to work, is it? So they would they would trade things like food, like home-cooked meals. It was not at all uncommon. If the old lady could do some cooking, to have that be your family's currency to get basic stuff. Got to get the heater fixed? Honey, fire up the goulash. It's true. It's what it's like. So again, back to what I was saying What are you comfortable with morally? And imagine dealing with that. And plus, the businesses that exist, it's always some guy who knew a guy, some higher up in the Communist Party. Let's say he runs the local local grocery store. Well, what's really happening there? I'll explain in just a sec. Raycon earbuds are an absolute life changer. If you consume audio at all, at all, buy some of these things. Now, I'm a little different, and that's all I do is listen to audio. When I'm not doing it myself, I'm listening to it, whether that be music, whether it be audiobooks, whether it be podcasts. I always have these things in my ears listening to something, and that's one of the best things about it. The charge lasts forever. They said six hours. It's supposed to last six hours. I know I've beaten that number before. These things are comfortable. They sound crystal clear. And maybe most importantly, they're small. I don't want big, ugly, gaudy-looking earbuds out there. These things practically fit all the way in your ear. Go to buyraycon.com slash jesse. That's buyraycon.com slash jesse. That gets you 15% off your order. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. So you have the local grocery store, and it's state-run, right? Well, it's actually run by a dude. Obviously going to be a dude with some connections in the Communist Party. Probably daddy's a commie, mommy's a commie, uncle's a commie, lets me run the commie store. Well, you and I know how this works. He's not doing his good little Soviet thing and just running that grocery store for the, you know, 20 rubles or what. What's the, what's the Russian money, Chris? Is it rubles, rubles, rubles? Rubles with a B? Let's call them rubies. Wait, that's India? There's an actual rubies? Oh, that's sweet. All right, rubles. All right, I told you I don't do research for their... Well, he's not doing... He's not... Either way, the grocery store manager's not doing his little good grocery store manager thing and just making 50 rubles a month. 
He's going to get a little kickback, isn't he? And why is he going to get a little kickback? Why is he going to take a little money off the top? Well, here's how this works. Organized crime. You know I'm obsessed with it. I'm a dude. I am. Keep in mind those gigantic, absurdly powerful cartels we love to talk about so much on the show. Brandon Darby, our resident cartel expert, flat out came on and said, oh, oh, Russia, Russia's organized crime is bigger. It's it's the biggest in the world. Now, how could that be? Why would Russia's organized crime be so big and so powerful? And they are. There are story after story after story of them coming in areas where there's already established organized crime and taking over. How is that possible? Well, this is how it's possible. You see, they existed clear back under the czars, and then Russia had a communist revolution where the commies took over. And here's the funny thing about communism, police states, and things like that. Yes, they're horrific, absolutely horrific. Nobody would ever want to live under such a regime. But if you have to say something nice about them, they're actually very hard on crime. There's very little, especially street crime in, like, North Korea. Now, granted, you'd, you don't want to live there, but if you got to say something nice, there's very little of it. And why is that? It's because those guys, guys in in government, guys in charge of an all-powerful government, they're not going to share power with you. Benito Mussolini is famous for this. He came into power, and he didn't even hardly start arresting all the Italian mafia guys. He just started killing them all. Stalin, as you can imagine, not exactly warm and fuzzy on organized crime. Stalin and the people who came after him were very hard on Russian organized crime. And so what happened? One, they got to be very, 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 very smart. Very sharp with how they do their business. That's one. Two, they really began to hone their skills in the gulags, in the communist gulags. And they, again, this will be hard for you and I to get because we don't live in this environment. They called themselves thieves and not in any way as a bad thing. In fact, if you would work your way up to become one of the Russian organized crime bosses, you were called a thief in law. That's what you were called. And there is a code. I think it's like 20 items, maybe 15 items. There is an honor code among the thieves. And it is, it's it's like its own religion. You will teach the next generation of thieves how to properly be a thief. Now, that sounds absurd to you and I. But again, you and I didn't grow up under this kind of government. Where you have to steal or you don't survive. Russian organized crime is so powerful and so advanced because they cut their teeth under the commies. Now, back to the grocery store guy. What this has to do with the grocery store guy is this. Well, the Russian organized crime guy is still going to want a little cut of that business. 
That's how they do business. Hate for something to happen to your grocery store, even though it's state-run. So he's not an idiot. He's just going to go cut a deal with the manager. Here's the deal. Instead of reporting 90,000 rubles a month in profit, you're going to report 80,000 rubles a month in profit, and then you're going to take five, and you're going to give me five. Now, what I just gave you is one simple example, a true example, and that was all of the Soviet Union. All of it. How do you even wrap your mind around that? They tell stories, I forget which one I was listening to, they tell stories about a market, an illegal market that existed under that regime, the size of a football stadium, and most of it's underground. Imagine you're back to school shopping, which you're undoubtedly about to do. Imagine instead of running down to the local Target, Walmart, whatever it may be, you get the kiddos out, throw some throw some shoes and socks on them, whatever you can afford, and you go for a walk down a couple blocks down the sidewalk. And then you see this set of stairs, almost like it's leading down to a subway. And you take the kiddos without a second thought and you walk them right down to the bottom of the stairs, lead your way through a couple tunnels, and boom, you find yourself in a gigantic underground area where everything is being sold from cocaine and hookers to -to back-to-school pencils and pens. No, Chris, no. It doesn't sound awesome. All right, it actually does sound awesome, but that's not, it's not, we're not talking about that right now. But imagine that that's, that's not something from the movies. That's how people lived, millions of them. And that's just how you grew up. Now, what impression does that make on you morality-wise if you're a child? Because you're having these talks with your parents. Children are curious, you know, mommy, why are we going down here? Because there's nothing at the government stores, sweetie. We have to come down and get these or else you won't have back to school clothes. Oh, okay. Now what, what kind of mentality does that put into your head as a child about official authority, police, the government in general? It's part of the reason they're so advanced when it comes to crime. Oh, and did I mention, once that Soviet Union broke up, once the commies were gone, guess what else happened? Do you know what else happened? Well, let me ask you this. If America fell or broke up, as I want to do, if America broke up into three or four different countries tomorrow, What do you think would happen with the United States military? Obviously, you would have to assume it would get split up, right? This country's this part, this former part of the U.S. is going to take that much, and these guys are going to take that much. Ooh, they got an extra aircraft carrier. That's nice. And these guys are going to take that. But, but do you think, say, The budget, let's call it a trillion dollars. Do you think that it's not a trillion, but let's call it a trillion dollars. Make it a nice round number we can all understand now. Let's say the American military budget is a trillion dollars, and then America breaks up. 
What happens? Hang on. Do I sound a little extra peppy today? No, I did not have an extra cup of coffee. I've stopped doing that. I have an ebb sleep, and you can have an ebb sleep. It is not pills. It is a wearable, a wearable drug-free solution that you put on your head, and it gets you incredible sleep every single night because I know why you can't sleep. Same reason I used to not be able to sleep. You lay down at night, and you can't turn your mind off. The day you just had, the day you're going to have your job, wife, kids, everything else, go try this product. Just try it. They're going to let you try it risk-free, risk-free for 60 days, 60 days. Go get this product and watch how your entire life will change. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse. 25 bucks off. Here's the thing. If the military, United States military, broke up, what happens to all the weapons? Have you ever asked yourself that? Because that's a reality. We don't, we don't think about it because, again, mercifully, we've lived in such a modern nation for so long. It's wonderful here. Certainly not corruption-free. I'd never say anything like that, but relatively corruption-free. When our military gets rid of weapons, we either dispose of them properly or we sell them to terrorists. Oh, Saul, stop. We can bring up other stuff. Quit. But in all seriousness, okay, the United States of America just broke up. We have all this military equipment, tanks, weapons, bombs, Rockets, planes, ships. What happens to them? Some of them are going to go to the new nation for sure, but obviously the new nations are not going to have near the military budget. You're starting out. I mean, the military budgets are going to be slashed. So do you think you're going to take that nuclear submarine and put it out by the recycling bin on Wednesdays and hope they pick it up? I'm dead serious. What do you think happens to them? Well, allow me to explain because we already know. You see, when the Soviet Union broke up, all these different leaders, all these different generals, they began to churn out their own illegal goods. You're a general. You're in charge of 29 Palms military base. America breaks up, you're kind of in limbo, you're kind of getting orders, you're not in orders, 
You've lived, again, I'm not morally indicting these people because you've lived in a horrifically corrupt, backstabbing, murderous society your entire life, but man, this is a warehouse full of cruise missiles. You know what? I bet they don't even know or care that these are here. I do have these men under my command. I could let somebody know, or I could load all these things in the back of a truck, drive them somewhere, put the word out that that these things are on sale for $10 million a piece. Once I'm done selling them to whoever, I don't care, I'll go ahead and retire on a beach with the Swedish bikini team. And it happened all over the place. Illegal weapons all over the place. And who do you think pounced on an industry like that? The mafia. The Russian mafia. So here's where we are. The Russian mafia is now fabulously trained because they had to exist under the commies fabulously armed, vicious beyond belief, and they offer goods and services people want and need because the truth is this, post-communist collapse in Russia, it still sucked for the people in Russia because the oligarchs, the very, very rich people in Russia, not that many of them either, bought up everything. There's a great book I would highly recommend you read on this. It's fascinating called Once Upon a Time in Russia. Absolutely fascinating the levels of corruption that that it's it's ama- it is amazing. Complete wild west. Assassinations, everything else. The wild west. And those worlds merge and now this was in the 1990s. They estimated, I forget who the FBI guy was, an FBI guy estimated that the Russian mafia ran, get this, I'm not making this number up, two-thirds of the Russian economy was run by the Russian mob. Astounding, isn't it? And from this environment, we had a man emerge. A man named Alexander the Great. If you're looking at the radio a little confused right now, it's because it's not that Alexander the Great. I fooled you with his nickname. (laughs) That was his nickname, though. Alexander Solonik, a man you have probably never heard of before, but I wish you had because he's awesome in the absolutely horrific murderer kind of way being awesome. Look, he didn't kill me. He didn't kill anyone I know or love or anyone you know or love. But just hear me out on this. You know that I read a lot about history. I watch a lot of documentaries about history. I listen to a lot of podcasts on history. People ask me a lot. What movies do you think they should make? And I have a laundry list. You know what, Chris? We need to start a list of the movies we think they should make off these wild history stories we tell. 
Well, Chris said the movie 47 Ronin bombed at the box office. That's true, but just because somebody blows the telling of the story doesn't mean it shouldn't be told. It could have been good. I didn't blow the telling of the story just because they happened to screw it up. I made the story sweet. No, I did not watch the movie 47 Ronin. And I, I don't I don't I should watch it because I love the story. I, I I honestly think I've read different accounts of it, like 15 different accounts. So I should watch the movie. But then I'll be that guy, Chris. If I watch the movie, I'll be the guy ruining it for everybody, even though I, I make it a point not to do that. I'll look to the wife and be like, that's actually not how the original story went. And then she'll just look at me like I want you to die right now. And I don't blame her. Don't blame her at all. Anyway, quit distracting me, Chris. We are in the middle of we're in the middle of our great story. If I had to pick somebody they'd make a movie after, I'm not saying this guy would be number one on my list. Obviously, I'd be number one on my list. What? But this guy would be up there in the history of the world. Alexander Solonik. He is he's a cartoon character. It doesn't seem real. And here's here's uh, look, here's his story. All right, this is the story. The guy was born in 1960. All right, still communist Russia. He's born in Siberia because, of course, he's born in Siberia. It's actually on, like, the border between Siberia and the rest of Russia. But for the purpose of my story, we're going to call it Siberia. I think it actually qualifies as that. By all accounts, this is what's wild to me. Has a relatively normal childhood as far as normal father, his mother, and I'm about to make a bunch of guesses here. His mother was a gymnastics coach. That's that's not a guess. But I'm going to guess that Alexander Solonik grew up in a household that, well, strict would not properly describe it. This is why I say that. My wife was a gymnast, and I don't mean like something she did on the side. She was on the Canadian national team. She got a full-ride scholarship to University of Arizona and made it to nationals in that several times. Like, this woman was a gymnast. And if you ask her for very long about why she was able to excel on top of all the hard work and toughness and stuff like that that comes with gymnastics... She had a Russian coach, and she will tell you Russian coaches dominate that industry for a reason. Russian gymnastics coaches are vicious beyond belief. How vicious? Well, I'll tell you just a little story she told me. Hang on one sec. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. Simply Safe has changed home security. And I'll be honest with you, I think they've changed the whole industry. I think you're going to see the entire home security industry change because of what Simply Safe has done. People were tired of the old model. High prices. Pushy or lousy customer service, 
in contracts. Who wants to sign a contract? Look, I move around. I adjust my thinking. I change things all the time. Oh, but I can't do that with the other security company because I'm locked into a three-year contract. I'm not making that up. Three years I was locked in. Simply safe, totally straightforward, no pushy salespeople. Get online, order your stuff, they ship it to you, you place the sensors, plug it in, and you're covered with no contract. Starting at 15 bucks a month. Go to simplysafe.com slash jesse. That's simplysafe.com slash jesse. That gets you free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. Here's just a little story from the old ball and chains gymnastics coach when she was a child. And when I say child, people, I mean child, 12, 13, 14 years old. You know the balance beam in gymnastics, right? The girls, you see them up there in the Olympics and they're doing the little flippy things and the little foot out things. I don't know. I don't, look, I didn't learn anything about it. I only, I only read her because she was hot, all right? Well, this coach, this coach really wanted them to get focused on that balance beam. Really wanted them to stay on that balance beam. This is a firsthand story, people. So instead of just setting up some mats around the balance beam in case they fall in practice time, he set up chairs, the foldable steel chairs. Oh, wait, I forgot to mention. He set the foldable steel chairs up upside down. That is a Russian gymnastics coach. A little sadistic, extremely sadistic, you bet. Cruel, yep. You want your kid going through it? Absolutely not. Does that produce some world-class athletes? You bet it does. You bet it does. So I took a lot of liberty with that part of the story because everything I read on Alexander Solonik, they all glossed over that part. And maybe it's just because of my personal experience, or I should say my wife's personal experience with it. I bet you money that had something to do with how the man turned out. Just a guess. Just a guess. Oh, and as a brief side note, because I forgot to mention it earlier, because this is going to be important. Remember when I was talking about the Russian mob and how they ran everything? You know one of the main things they ran in Russia all over the place? Martial arts gyms. Wrestling, judo, boxing, whatever the case may be. They found them to be great money makers. They found them to be great places to recruit if you find a particularly talented young student. Bringing us way back to Alexander's childhood. Alexander, well, some people just excel at violence. Now, unlike other people, again, he's almost like a movie character. He was really quiet in class. Did not cause a lot of trouble in school. In fact, was an extremely advanced student. We'll get to that in a little while. This guy's not some dummy, not just some leg breaker. 
and he starts to get into wrestling. And it turns out he's dominant. And he starts to get into judo, and it turns out he's dominant. And it's to, and he starts to get into boxing, and it turns out he's dominant. And he starts to get into karate, and it turns you're picking up on a pattern here. The guy is an exceptionally intelligent athlete, a combat athlete. And when I say combat athlete, we're talking he's winning regional titles at things like judo. He's going undefeated in certain places. Now, young man like this needs some direction in life, and there aren't a ton of opportunities in the Soviet Union at this time. He chooses to join the military. Now, the Russian military is a tough nut to crack. I don't fully understand it because there are so many different parts of it and ways they merge with each other. Sometimes they'll kind of merge with the spy agencies, and sometimes they're just domestic. Sometimes they're just foreign. Sometimes the Spetsnaz, the Spec Ops guys are full Spetsnaz. Sometimes they're, I mean, half Spetsnaz. And the Spetsnaz guys are insane. They're absolutely insane. Most of these countries like this that don't have a huge military budget, although Russia has a big military budget, but nothing like ours, they make up for or I should say try to make up for the lack of range time because range time costs money with cruelty. Like in Spetsnaz, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the few videos of it they'll release when you're when you're going through your training trying to get to be one. They'll sock you right in the face. They'll just walk up and punch you out. There are rumors, and you never know how much of this is true, There are rumors they will fill up a miniature room full of cow guts and blood and make you wade through it trying to fight people in it and things. I mean, they're they're cruel. The Spetsnaz, this part I do know, they have this game where there is a trench. Only it's not a straight line trench. The trench is narrow on one end. And gets slowly wider as you go along. You understand what I'm saying? Am I laying this out right for you? Think of like a triangle-looking thing. Only it's not just the trench. There are spikes in the bottom of the trench. And one of the things they do is they routinely, sometimes drunk, put on heavy, heavy packs and jump across the trench And you are thought of as more of a man the further down the line you go, the wider the trench gets. Yeah, not exactly an injury you want to call home to mom with. Hang on. Never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. 
You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Back to Alexander Solonik. He joins the military. And it gets a little fuzzy after this exactly how it goes, but let's just put it this way. He's given high, high marks because on top of being somebody you do not want to get in a fist fight with, this man apparently is an excellent shot with both hands. I guess he was ambidextrous. Like I said, they got to make a freaking movie about this guy. He gets specially selected by the officer over him who was a mentor to him to go to this special operations slash police unit. And that's going really, really well. It's an anti-terrorism unit. He's learning all kinds of new tricks of the trade. Life is good, right? I'm violent. I'm in a violent organization. I have a mission in life. It's all gravy. He's on a gravy train with biscuit wheel. Chris? Except, I mean, sometimes things go sideways. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Alexander Solonik, Alexander the Great. He was churning and burning just fine in the Russian military. Even got picked for a special unit. Not a man you want to tangle with. I know you're going to find this shocking, but by this point in time, he had already broken his self-defense instructor's jaw. The dude (laughs) is an absolute terminator. Not the type of person you want to come across in a dark alley. Now... Gets picked for the specialized unit, and his mentor, who had apparently kept him in check, retires. Moves along. Good for the mentor, not so good for Alexander. Alexander finds himself in a bar. Look, he's Russian, okay? Finds himself in a bar and gets three other Russian soldiers walking in there with him. These three Russian soldiers are fresh back from Afghanistan. This is during that time where Russians were 
having such a brutal, brutal conflict in Afghanistan. And thank goodness we learned from their mistakes and we never got bogged down there. Man, I'd I'd feel so stupid. Anyway, these Russian soldiers are elaborating a lot on their military tales. Alexander had not been to Afghanistan. He hadn't been to combat over there yet. They essentially told him he was a worthless pile of crap for not having gone. Then one of these three men made the horrific mistake of placing his hand on Alexander Solonik. Apparently that was something you did not do. That guy promptly got his nose and teeth broken with one punch. He then grabs the second guy, apparently. This is the way the story goes. He grabs the second guy breaks his arm as he's hitting the third guy with the broken arm and then breaks the third guy's shin by kicking it, then proceeds to beat the living daylights out of all three of these guys in the bar all by himself. I don't believe, as the story goes, they landed a punch, hardly broke a sweat, walks out the door. Now, even in the Russian military, there is such a thing as too violent. Alexander Solonik most definitely was on that list. He gets kicked out. He goes and starts working on my life. I'm not making this up in a morgue. He also, because that's who he is, continues to train. Train at the local MMA boxing judo gyms. And who did we say owned all those boxing judo gyms but the Russian organized crime? They come across this young man who is beating the daylights out of everybody in the gyms. And we don't know all the little things that happen, but we can guess, right? This is the part I'm filling in the blanks because this is how it worked back then. Oh, wow, this guy looks like he knows how to handle himself. Let's have him go let this person who owes us money know that he needs to pay that money. Okay, he's let him know. Now let's send him back and let's have him say it a little more forcefully. You know how it works. You've seen the movies. That's how it works. Starts out with some intimidation. Ends with beating somebody up. If they think you're the type of guy who can handle it, it eventually morphs into you shooting people in the face and or strangling them. So we don't know how he got from recruited in the gym to his big assignment, his first big one, but we do know his big assignment was awesome. And this is what it was. He was offered, I forget the amount, it was something something like 100 grand or something like that, to go kill a mafia boss, another Russian mafia boss. This was not some pudgy little accountant. This mafia boss had five bodyguards with machine guns around him at all time. And like I said, straight out of the movies, Alexander drives to, I think it was Moscow, if I remember right, drives to where this mafia boss has an upcoming dental appointment. He drives. He doesn't fly because he doesn't want any records of himself. He stays in some local, like, hostel where he'll blend in with other people who look like him. He actually gets there 
a few weeks ahead of when the dental appointment is. So he makes himself an appointment at the dentist's office so he can get the exact layout of the dentist's office where his target's having a killing. I told you it was cool, right? He figures out there's only one dentist chair in this dentist's office, and he eyeballs everything, including the building across the street. He goes to the building across the street and finds himself in a storage unit with a perfect lookout down on the window of the dentist's office chair across the street, 40 meters away, they say. Alexander leaves, continues to scout. Alexander gets his hands on a sniper rifle, and remember, this is a man who can handle a sniper rifle, shows up on the day of the dentist appointment for the mafia boss, shows up a couple hours ahead of time, with his duffel bag that has his disassembled sniper rifle, and it's straight out of the movies. Gets up to the room, locks himself in, assembles his sniper rifle, and then waits. This part's always weirded me out a little. I don't know why. Waits for two hours for his guy to show up. What are your nerves doing during that two hours? Right? It's one thing, you know, crime of passion or something like that. I would think any of us could would be capable of pulling off something like that. I mean, hopefully not. I don't want you killing people out there. But what does it look like for two hours sitting and waiting and not killing a bunny? You know, you're not deer hunting. You're killing a man who's surrounded by people who will very much try to kill you back. The man does show up, shows up surrounded by bodyguards, makes his way up to the dentist's office, Lays down in the dentist's chair, Alexander from across the street with a suppressed sniper rifle, takes aim, fires, and hits him in the top of his head because the top of his head was facing the window. He waited till the dentist was turned away so he didn't hit the dentist, not because he cared about the dentist, he just didn't want to mess up his target. Shoots him in the top of the head, only get this, the dentist window doesn't shatter. It's not a shatterable window. The bullet just kind of shoots right through it. So the dentist doesn't know what's happening. Alexander shoots the guy another three or four more times, essentially blows the front of his face off. The dentist finally turns around because he was grabbing a tool and thinks, oh, (laughs) what would be going through your head as a dentist? Well, that Novocaine is strong. Right? What's going through your head as a dentist? Alexander apparently, according to the story, calmly disassembles his sniper rifle, loads it back in a duffel bag, drives back home, collects his winnings. And we've gone on a little long today, but let's just say he didn't stop there. Let's just say the nickname he was given after that was Super Killer. And... He ended up with over 40 contract kills. That doesn't count the ones that, that were other con, other than contracts. The next big one he got after this was another mob boss who had killed lots of the assassins sent to get him because he, had, he was surrounded by highly trained bodyguards. Yeah, Alexander still walked into this guy's nightclub. Twin suppressed pistols under his coat. He had special pockets sewn into his coat for extra magazines. Pop, 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 kills all three bodyguards 
and the Russian mob boss turns around and leaves unscathed. Only he gets arrested. Kind of. Hang on. Stocky. Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. Well, it just happened to me again this morning. The one drawback of my Raycon earbuds is they're so small that people don't realize I have them in. I love that about them too. I hate having something with wires or these big ugly things sticking out of my ear, but these are so small people can't tell I have them in. And so I'll get this impression that somebody I just walked by or someone I'm standing by is talking to me and I look and their lips are moving. (laughs) But I can't tell because I got my Raycon earbuds in and I'm jamming out to music. And they're comfortable. I have things in my ears for hours a day. As soon as I'm done off the radio, I pop my Raycon earbuds in. First thing this morning when Chris walked in, Raycon earbuds were in. Go get yourself some. Go to buyraycon.com slash jesse. That's buyraycon.com slash jesse. That gets you 15% off the already great price. Go get yourself some Raycon earbuds. The man gets arrested. He escapes. He escapes with the help of the Russian Russian mafia who paid off a guard. He is given another contract. He is fulfilling these contracts continually. Now, here's a part that I have a hard time believing, but apparently it's true. He gets arrested again. He gets sent to a really bad prison for really bad men because that's what he is. The legend goes that he got in a fight with 12 men. Now, this is the legend. It is often repeated. Okay, so I'm not the one saying it. But. The legend goes he beats the living daylights out of all 12 of them. Apparently, they all had shovels. He manages to get a hold of one of the shovels, and he comes out battered and bloodied but beats them all up at once, 12 men. I don't tend to believe that. There's nobody on this planet that can take on 12 full-grown men, but you never know. Something goes wrong. Maybe a couple of them were ducking and covering Like I said, they need to make a movie out of this guy because that is part of his story. One last hit I'll elaborate for you before we move on here because I could talk about this guy all day long because I love this one. It's awesome. He had yet another mob boss. That's that's part of the reason I think this guy's awesome, even though he's a psychopathic killer and not a great human being. He was always killing like Russian mob bosses. I mean, straight out of the movies. It's straight out of the movies. He had to kill another Russian mob boss. This time he got some help. 
He got some buddies to park some vans around the Russian mob boss's house. They radioed Alexander when the mob boss left. Then the van would drive in front of the mob boss's car. Alexander would pull in behind it. Front van stopped. Back van Alexander's in stops. Alexander gets out with a rocket-propelled grenade launcher in his hands and blows up the car, killing the dude. <laughs> Guy's awesome. Not not totally awesome though, because he did he did get in a shootout with some cops and kill seven of them. He's not a man to be trifled with. Now, the problem with that life is this. Well, let's be honest, there's probably more than one problem with that life. But one of the major problems with that life, as great as it is for the movies to go around killing criminals and bad people is eventually the criminals and bad people that you've killed are going to have some friends and or family who want you dead. Also, the people you work for, because he only ever worked for one criminal group this whole time, the people you work for are also not really good people. Maybe the kind of people who can be bought off. Alexander escaped to a compound he built for himself in Athens, Greece. He knew the heat was on. He was done with prison. He was done with that life, even though rumors he started his own mafia in Athens. But he was done with all that until one day a good friend of his shows up and is welcomed into his home. The trouble is this good friend is also a contract killer with a ton of kills under his belt. Alexander turns around one day ends up with a garret around his throat, dead. Maybe. The reason I say maybe is the body shows up with obviously the garret wounds around the neck, but the body also has a bunch of very, very strange acid injuries on it, including to the fingers, so they're unable to fingerprint the body properly. Alexander Solonik officially declared dead. There are many, many people, including including high, high people in the Russian police who do not believe he is dead. They believe he faked his own death. And that is the saga of Alexander Superkiller Solonik. Why did I tell that story? Well, I saw this headline, Social Media Heroes, the headline is. This is from Military.com. Afghan teen and her brother fought the Taliban. This is a 16-year-old girl, and her younger brother was 12 years old. They had their parents killed. Once their parents were killed... These two children were rocking and rolling AK-47s and stacking Taliban bodies. Let me me repeat myself. 12 and 16 years old. A 16-year-old girl. What's that 16-year-old girl you know do? Maybe it's your daughter, neighbor's daughter, cousin. A little bit of Instagram. Oh, look at my funny faces. Oh, no, I got a pimple. 
Guys like Alexander Solonik are very much products of their environment. We are all products of our environment. You don't pick up an AK-47 when your parents die and start stacking bodies when you're 16 unless you were brought up in that environment with a certain mentality. I saw this poll, I don't have it in front of me, that the majority of white people in America think America is a racist nation. That does not happen by accident. That is the environment we are raising people in in this country. We are raising a bunch of self-hating losers who will not be able to sustain this, this society at all. Young people today, I know because I have a neighborhood full of them. I talk to my neighbors all the time. Young people today, even the Republican ones, they think climate change is about to kill us all. They think racism is an evil plague in America today. Young people today have been raised in a culture, a culture that tells them this country sucks. And people, when this next generation comes up, it's over if we don't do something about it. And it has to be culture-wide. What can you do about it? It starts at home. First and foremost, make dang sure your kids know about the true history of this country know who they are, and are strong enough to withstand the unbelievable amount of pressure they're about to be under because that's where so much of this comes from. All their friends are saying it. Their video games are saying it. Oh, look at Snapchat and Instagram saying it. Oh, my favorite singer saying it. Oh, that professional athlete who has a jersey on, he's saying it. Oh, the news is saying it. Do you know how difficult it is for grown, secure adults to withstand that kind of pressure? Now think about an insecure 16, 17-year-old with pimples and acne. Or I guess that's the same thing. Prepare your children for a cultural war. Because I don't care whether you like it or not, they will be in one. Period. And not only will they be in one, we need them to win it. Hang on. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, 
You get 10% off. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time tired of restless nights at lisa we know good sleep is essential for mental physical and emotional health From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount.